Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for you. We got the DMs. DMs are open. That means anything you're wondering about, put those questions, those thoughts in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Topics you want us to hit, something you want us to maybe circle back, drop deeper into. It's kind of like Burger King. We want things to be done your way. So if you've got a need, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Going to open up the show by talking about things that people can do when they're feeling disconnected. I think that's something we can all relate to, whether it's friends, family members, someone we're in a relationship with. And um, it's sometimes counterintuitive. Sometimes we lean out when what we really need to do is lean in. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but the essential takeaway is sometimes we move away from the solution by putting the responsibility for that solution on the other. I wish they would reach out more. I wish maybe they would go deeper instead of realizing we can help create that by maybe requesting that, by helping create safe space for that, or even bigger than that, by bringing that in. Um, Before we get into the exact things you can do when you feel disconnected, let me give you a parallel example. If you're in a relationship with someone that you wish was more romantic, bring romance in. Don't sit back so passively and so victimized as though it's only them that can introduce that. You can do that. You want a romantic relationship? Start complimenting more. Stop. Start Start flirting more. You want to get flowers? Bring flowers. Give flowers. You'll get that back. It's really important for us to create the kind of relationship we want to have, but also model for our partners and friends and family members what it is we're looking for. If you want to be closer to someone, reach out more. You'll start to normalize that. You'll start to create that kind of familiarity. So remember, don't feel so victimized by something that's missing from your relationship. Oftentimes we have to step into that and be the solution. You want more eroticism? Be more erotic. Sext more. Flirt more. Initiate more. Expand and challenge. So that's part of what tonight's show is about. We're not pointing the finger because again, on Loveline, we're always first examining ourselves and saying, you know, where might I be in my own way? What barriers do I have to remove that keep me from getting what I want? Where's my work? And once we've done that, then we can isolate ourselves out of the equation and really point that finger, (laughs) which is what we all really want to be able to do. But we can't do that until we've done our work first. And I even say that to my patients in my practice. Have you done all that you need to do before we put the responsibility on someone else to do what maybe we're not willing to do? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What's to do when you feel disconnected? That's an expected stage of every relationship. Don't panic. That's the beautiful thing about relationships in human psychology. They have plasticity. They have adaptability healthy people and healthy relationships do. Key terms in health are adaptability, flexibility, 
The opposite is true. And that's, you know, this applies to pretty much everything, physical health as well. Rigidity and, and stasis are not healthy. We should always be open systems, always updating, always changing, always transforming. That's healthy. And so whatever phase or stage you're in, know that that is temporary if you do the right things. Time does not heal all wounds. <laughs> actually, it's what we do within time that can heal wounds. And sometimes we actually strengthen or further complicate things strengthened by digging our heels and saying, I want a more romantic relationship. I want to be flirted with more, but I'm not willing to actually initiate, familiarize, normalize, or request that. Okay, well, you're making things worse and maybe even amplifying it because now there's heightened sensitivity and now you're leaning out when you need to lean in. So always ask yourself, how am I maybe helping maintain the problem or strengthening it? And um, it's always going to be one of the first things I say is uh, you need to you, you need to make requests. We're not we're not trying to be parts uh, part of relationships that are rooted in mind reading. Well, they should know who I am. They should know what I want. They should know what I need. No, they shouldn't. You should tell them. That's called intimacy. <laughs> That's important because our needs might ebb and flow and change throughout the duration of our lives and relationship with someone. So we have to let people know who we are and what it is we need, and it's still meaningful when we get that. So don't be afraid of that. So the first thing people do when they're feeling disconnected is they talk about it. And I advocate for this on the show all the time and with my patients in my practice where I say to them, we should be doing constant check-ins, checking in on how does it feel in this relationship? How does it feel being my partner? Where's my work? And I love couples doing that every couple months. Hey, what does this relationship need from us? What do you need from me? And that's the stance we take because we're trying to learn about how we are as a partner because we should be making people's lives better because we've been brought into them, not making them worse or harder. And so in a healthy relationship, we want people to reflect back to us how we are impacting them and what they need from us. We're not trying to change or fix people, but we are working on requesting different behavior. We can ask for behavior change. That is not trying to change who a person is, but it is asking for behaviors to be different, and that's appropriate. There's no such thing as, well, you knew who I was, you knew how I was, grow up, we're adults. We are always open to finding out how we can be better. If someone isn't, then they're not healthy enough to be in a relationship with someone of any kind. So we don't operate from the place of this is just how it is. This is just who I am. You knew what it was like. No, we will always ask for what we need as our needs change a hundred percent. And what was working for us at one point might not be working for us at a different time. And that's why relationships are active. They're, they're um, active, open, dynamic systems, always updating, always adapting to what's now needed because we change. The world certainly changes. And so that will impact everything else. So we'll be talking more about that tonight, but that's the first piece. We're going to talk about things. We're not sweeping things under the rug anymore. In healthy relationships, we call things out. They are safe for us to discuss. And then, of course, we'll be doing the DMs. So you know the drill with that. Uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, Rachel, we're back, and we're talking about ways to deal with disconnection. The first one is don't panic. All relationships change ebb and flow just because something's one way now does not mean that's how we'll always be as long as we're in healthy relationships with healthy individuals that are open to change it's always the assumption (laughs) if you're in an unhealthy relationship this show well this topic isn't necessarily for you because it's not safe to share and to ask and to make requests so if you are in a relationship with someone who's defensive who shuts you down who stonewalls or is abusive you're going to need to get into some couples of individual therapy or maybe realize that this person isn't healthy enough to be a partner so this is for people that are in non-abusive healthy relationships Um, and so they understand that who we are and what we need is going to ebb and flow based on illness, based on stressors, based on things going on in the world, based on medications we're taking, based on a thousand set of different things. Because how we show up within our relationship is impacted by a lot of other things that are going on in our lives. So we're not panicking when that happens. And built into the stages of change <laughs> is a lot of different things. But the most important one is this little line that draw, that's, that's drawn right out of the circle of change. And it says relapse. Essentially, it's really lapse because it's not a backward move, movement. It's just a step to the side. And that happens in all attempts at change, whether it's, yeah, whatever it is you're working on, expect lapses where you kind of step outside of this forward momentum and you kind of pause or maybe you do some old behaviors. That is still part of moving forward. It's built in. So we hang tight through that. We don't panic. But the first thing we have to be able to do is talk about it so that we can address it. We don't want to sweep things under the rug. Now, having said that, I always do point out we can't make everything an issue. That is exhausting. We have to let some things go because we're not going for perfect. So some disappointments and letdowns and frustrations we just let go of. But things that are truly meaningful, we bring them up as soon as it's happening. We don't let them fester. 
We don't go into denial because we're trying to build healthy relationships where we can very easily say to someone, hey, can we talk about what just happened? Hey, can I share with you how the way you just spoke to me made me feel? Notice my tone, notice my words, we're on the same team. I don't need to go into anger. I'm lovingly just expressing. And we have to also be approachable in the same way where if a partner comes to us, we have to say, yeah, hard to hear, but I want to know. And we listen. And we listen and we learn and we grow from that. So build that in. And that's what we look for from the door in early dating because we don't just relationship. We date first to decide if this person is someone who we're compatible with to be in a relationship. And we best learn about the other person and the strength of our relationship during times of conflict. So got to hang in there for a minute, but we, re- we, we learn, is this someone who I can go to, to talk about what's happening, to reflect on their behavior, or do they get angry, shut down and defensive? Ooh, good to know. Thank God I didn't jump right into a relationship with them. Thank God I listened to Dr. Chris and I dated for a while. Now, for those of you that are in longer term relationships of any kind, <clears throat> you might say, uh oh, I did. <laughs> I did jump in right away in relationship. And now here I am with someone who can't tolerate that well. You got to work on that. You got to work on how you approach or what you do when you are approached. And you have to start to renormalize that kind of accessibility and intimacy. You have to start to be softer. Um, and again, tonight's show is not about how to have healthier communication. It's really rooted in how to deal with disconnection. But just a quick crash course, we don't come in hot. We come in at a zero, one, a two, or a three on a scale of zero to 10. We come in calm. If we're not calm, we go for a walk, take a breath, or wait a few days until we are. And then we speak to the person that we're talking to relationally, which means we honor that they are in and we want them to still feel safe to continue to be in a relationship with us. Our tone and our word choice is loving and supportive. That's the most important part. (laughs) And we make requests, not criticisms. Talked about that on other shows. You want to go back and re-listen to that. You can go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down there for love line and click on it. Bam, it's all there. But right now for the purpose of this, we're testing that as we're slowly building into relationship. But again, if we're already in one, we start to try to soften more. We try to really work on being, like I said, more approachable, more accessible, and also the way we approach because it's a system. And if we start showing up differently, the entire system changes and that's great. Um, So that's the first thing. Also, we remember in times of conflict and struggle that we're a team. So we think cooperatively. If I have a problem, you have a problem. If you have a problem, I have a problem. We're in this together. We're in a relationship. Whatever happens to you does impact me. We are not in a vacuum. Um, Literally everything, because we have shared resources. Maybe we're living together. Maybe we're sharing finances. Whatever's going on in your life is going to impact me. And so we think about it in those terms. And as I always say, we have mutually beneficial solutions where no one wins and no one loses. And we're always looking out for each other. Because again, going back to my crash course in healthy communication, I'm paying attention to my partner when I'm problem solving or talking about something so as to determine how well it's going. And if I notice while I'm expressing something to my partner that they look injured, harmed, uncomfortable, I stop and I check in on that because again, I'm paying attention to how I'm impacting them because that's what healthy people do. We pay attention to how we're impacting people. We don't just tell it like it is. We don't have no filter. That's unhealthy people. (laughs) If something comes out of our mouth, it's rooted in maybe truth, but we don't always say everything that's on our mind. We, we, We only operate from a place of kindness and softness. So we think in terms of us, we have an issue. There was a really adorable meme that went around where it was someone saying, you know, what makes me feel very safe is when I'm not doing good emotionally. My partner says we, 
you know, we need to find a solution for this. And it makes someone feel like you're in it with them. That's not codependent. That's not enmeshment. It's called attachment. It's called a secure attachment where we understand that we're a system and that our relationship impacts each other. That's healthy. We're not doing rugged, toxic individualism where everyone's in their own boat and you're only responsible for yourself. No, because it literally doesn't work like that if you're in a relationship or especially cohabitating. You do obviously impact each other. Your moods, your finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So disconnection, remember, it's about reconnecting. We don't need to go into anger. We don't need to go into aggression. We don't want to be abusive. Don't be angry about it. Maybe be sad about it. Maybe be disappointed and frustrated, but we're not, we're not angry. No one did anything wrong. And we're on this together, this journey. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about this, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around and don't go anywhere. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to deal with relational disconnection. We have to normalize it in some respects because we're not always going to feel close and connected to everyone in our lives. We're in the ways we want to. Different things enter, drift, pulse apart, get in the way, block. Um, but the first thing we were saying is don't panic. And then you have to be able to call that out. Hey, I miss you. I miss our closeness. We're not angry. <laughs> we're sad, maybe frustrated but we want someone to want to be close to us again. And so we can't attack or be angry. And that's why the verbiage is like, hey, I miss you. I miss the closeness we used to have, or I'd love to be close again, or can we work on prioritizing our relationship, whether it's a friendship, a friend, a family member, romantic partner, friends with benefits, I don't know, whatever it is. Just lovingly vocalize that, make it a request, because again, we're not doing criticisms and attacks, we're making requests. Can we be close again? I miss being close to you. Can we find time to spend together? Can we reprioritize our relationship again? It's a request. Um, and that's more appealing than someone coming, you know, at someone else attacking that makes people shut down and get defensive. It's overwhelming. Um, and we're also looking at it if we're in a primary committed relationship as an us problem, you know, like we're in this together. And if you're feeling disconnected, well, then I, I want to help solve that. You know, because your happiness is my happiness. My happiness is your happiness. It's called empathy. It's called compassion. It's called care. It's called relationship. Um, there's no such thing in relationship as, yeah, you're on your own. It's your problem. Oh God. Imagine being in a relationship like that. <laughs> you're on your own. It's not a securely attached relationship, but it's not one you're going to feel safe in. And that really erodes at trust. And it actually is kind of missing the point of what primary relationships are even about, or even secondary relationships. It's about care, support, having someone in it with you, not feeling alone. So it kind of goes against all of, you know, the relational needs that we generally have. Um, so again, be soft, <laughs> but then also try to come up with like a, a larger, wider plan. Um, I am a fan of people making sure that their busy lives or their schedule allows for time together. Um, I'm a fan midweek, the beginning of the week for people to think ahead and say, how do I want to build the rest of my week to be? Can I build in time for the people that are important to me during the week on the weekends, um, carving it out, not waiting till the last minute. Um, paying attention. Some people like standing things. All the couples I work with, I have them focusing on ongoing standing date nights, um, quickies and long form. Long form when maybe we plan a night or a day. Quickies are, hey, after dinner, let's go for a walk or can we grab coffee at lunch? Uh, they're smaller moments of connection. Because remember, quick crash course in intimacy and connection, it's about touch, eye contact, and time together. That's the most powerful version of it. 
And there's a lot of ways to do that. It's not really about how much time, it's just that you get some time. It's about eye contact, touch, and time together. And the time together really means shared experience. We're not sitting next to each other having a separate experience on our phones, we're having a shared experience by staring off into the sunset, uh, watching or listening to something together, window shopping together, shared experience with touch and with the ability for eye contact. You know what I mean? All that allows for engagement and intimacy. So that has to be built in, but make a plan. Also, maybe you have to reorganize some things. Because remember, relationships are about disruption. Yeah, you know, I was going to go do that thing on Friday night, but you're right. I'd love to spend time with you. Let's do that instead. That's going to have to happen. Or yeah, you know, before, you know, when I was single, I might have worked later, but you're right. I'm in a relationship with someone now, or I'm working on being closer to my friends. And so, yeah, I'm going to leave the office early because people come first. Otherwise, you can't complain about disconnection, isolation, and loneliness if you think other things come before relationality. People have to come first. That's actually part of our physical and mental health. Your physical and mental health doesn't care about your job or your hobbies as much. It cares about the relationships in your life, which we know are mitigating factors more so than even things like cutting out smoking and drinking. And you can go look at the research for that. It's quite robust. That relationships are primary. That's a part of the happiness studies, and that's also a part of like longevity and anti-aging studies. It all has this piece of having healthy relationships for a multitude of reasons. So we're moving away from individualism and we're moving away from workaholism because your job isn't going to be there to support you and you, you know, your job and, and, and people will be. And so you got to build those relationships. But again, we're not feeling victimized by that. If things aren't the way we want them to be, we address it, we work on it. And sometimes it's about building in more friendships. And I know that the older we get, the harder that is. And that's why sometimes, like I say, my advice for that's always think about people you miss, reach out. Rebuild. Think about people you wish were closer to. Get closer. Connect more. That's usually the easiest way to go. So start with that. A lot of people, the difficulty is maintenance. They don't know how to keep up. Create a plan. Every day you're going to text the same three people. Once a week you're going you're gonna to get on the phone with a certain someone. Every weekend you're going to make sure you have standing plans with people or specific people. Have a plan that's behaviorally and measurably created so that you can assess how well that's going. Don't just say, I'm going to socialize more. That's too vague. How often and with who? Yeah, maybe even write it down. Here's the three people I want to get closer to. Here's the three people I want to prioritize. Here's the three people I want to spend more time with. And here's how I'm going to go about doing that. I'm going to call them each every day. I'm going to call each of them once a week. I'm going to text all of them every day. I'm going to make sure I see one of them a weekend. Whatever the plan is, build it in so you know it'll happen. But you also want to do that with our romantic partners too. All right, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs. And then, uh, yeah, back at it. So stick around, y'all. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, when, uh, when I was growing up, I had a secret gay relationship with a long-term friend, and I always enjoyed being on the bottom. I like the way you framed it. You enjoyed it. No one's a bottom. No one's a top. These are things that we prefer, things we're more familiar with, things that our anxiety limits us around, but no one is this thing. We, we really buy into these positions as real things. No, it's just preference. It's anxiety. 
I'm afraid to explore. I'm afraid to try to top. I have anxiety around my penis size or, you know, I don't, I have anxiety around preparing for bottoming or, um, you know, it's all anxiety. It's just about familiarity. We all have the capacity to bottom and to top and to engage our entire bodies. Uh, we have to kind of break outside of these really limiting molds. Some people literally pass on dating amazing human beings because of these roles that we think are real permanent things that aren't changeable. They are, it's quite wild. Um, so you go, you grew up having a secret gay relationship with a long-term friend. Always. It was on the bottom. Awesome. Now it's time to try being on the top. Apparently now I'm married with kids. My wife knows my history of that and knows that I'm wanting to explore that part of our relationship with her, but she's been uncomfortable with the idea. Um, curious to hear what that means. You mean my wife knows my history with bottoming and I'm wanting to explore more bottoming in our relationship. Is that what you're saying? But she's uncomfortable with the idea. Okay, we'll find out more. She does have a much lower sex drive than me, but I always get her to finish when she lets me focus on her. Okay. I'm a very body positive person and I love to explore new things with people. It's been maybe a year or longer and I'm starting to feel embarrassed about bringing it up anymore and want to know other options that I'm not thinking of or how I can tactfully bring up possibly opening up our marriage. We have a strong marriage and we've gone through a lot. I didn't realize that this would be as important as it is to me, but here I am asking for help. Thanks, Doc. Um, okay, so it's not that you're wanting to be with same same sex partner, I think is what you're saying. It's the bottoming, right? And your wife isn't interested in that, so you're maybe wanting to open up so as to explore that with someone else. So the first question is, why is she not comfortable with that? Why why does it make her anxious to step into a different role? Because that's all we're talking about. We're not asking her to do anything painful or anything illegal or anything gross. Or you know, it's it's just asking them to take on a different role. Um, that always bums me out because if you're in a monogamous relationship with someone, your limits are their limits, and it's not fair to needlessly impose a limit on someone because it just isn't something you're comfortable with. We're, we need a little more than just that. I want people to interrogate that a little bit more because a lot of times it's people hung up on their gender roles or their sexual preference roles or their own anxiety or sex phobia and like be better than that. This is your husband saying like, I want you to penetrate me. That shouldn't be something that's that's off the table. Why Why are you unwilling to do things for someone else that makes them happy? You know, it's like when someone says, I don't do oral. Really? You don't, you're not willing or open to providing pleasure to your partner and then they're limited by that because you're monogamous? Well, that's not okay. So I want your wife to do better. I want you to lovingly bring it up and say, I need to understand what, what it means to you and what it is that you're avoiding and wanting to avoid that. And then also say lovingly, your limits are my limits and why are you trying to deny me pleasure? Why are you denying us building more intimacy by exploring? I, I help couples do this. I push couples to do this, not, not necessarily bottoming, but push on their edges and seek novelty. So there's a lot of work in that. But if your wife still says no, well then sure, advocate for an open relationship saying that's an experience I wanna be able to have. How do you tactfully do it with love? Saying this is something I'm interested in. Let's start beginning the slow conversation about what that means for us and what that means for me and what I would be looking to have happen within that. Maybe find a good sex therapist, a certified sex therapist, a CST, nothing else. There's a lot of other made up labels and sex addiction people and all that mess. We're not doing that. And that person could probably better help guide that conversation. A traditional couples therapist isn't trained in sexuality and probably isn't the best for that. I'd go to a certified sex therapist. But nonetheless, if you wanna do this on your 
your own. Just help your wife understand very sensitively what it is you're looking for, what it is you're needing. And again, if she's like, I'm not willing to provide that in our monogamy and I'm also not willing to open up for you to get that, well, then you have a wife that just doesn't really care that much about your needs and your pleasure because you're not asking for anything painful, bad, illegal, or scary. There's really no true reason for that obstacle unless she has one and I'd love to hear what it is, you know, but I'm on your side. We have a right to ask for exploration and to push on our comfort, especially in a monogamous relationship. That's part of the deal, man, truly. Circle back, let us know how it goes. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Put your questions in there. More to come, y'all. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about how to deal with disconnection. That doesn't mean that's a permanent thing. It's a phase, it's a stage a lot of us will feel in totality or maybe in direct relationship to one specific person or relationship, but that's the beautiful thing is that we can change that. There's a malleability, a flexibility, a plasticity to it. We can always get closer. Just like we drift away, we can drift back. Have a plan. Know who it is you're trying to get close to. Be consistent. Build in time. Make requests. Don't criticize. Don't be angry that you haven't spent time with them. Make requests to spend time. Create a plan. Make it appealing. Um, and also know that sometimes it has nothing to do with you. You know, sometimes there's things going on in people's lives, and I think we often forget to ask that. We, we're mad that we haven't heard from someone, but we never say what might be going on in their life in their life as to why we didn't. They didn't show up at our birthday party. What might be going on today as to why they couldn't make it? Like, what if we went that route first before we made everything a catastrophe and personalized it and made it negative? It's called empathy and care. Check in on them first. Hey, I have we haven't been keeping up. Is everything okay? Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Is everything okay? Versus being angry and mad and name calling and attacking. Because then you're just thinking about yourself. But other people have lives that are in motion at the same time at the same time ours are, and understandably their priorities are gonna be theirs. Um, I've had that come up in the course of my own life where an event that was someone's most important thing was at the same time as something that was very important for me. And understandably, I attended to what I had to that was most important for me. Congratulate, I always use this example. I'm not anti-wedding. I don't know why I use wedding examples, but I understand that they have a lot of power for people. I think that's why. But I've been invited to weddings when that exact weekend or night, there was something that was really important to me, like my book release party or an event that I was really excited to speak at. And you're right, I'm gonna prioritize that over your most important event, your costume party for your relationship. So yes, I can't make it to your wedding because that's uh, that's coming up the same time my most important thing is happening. And so good luck, you know, because you could be mad at me for not going to your wedding just as so much as I could be mad at you for not attending my book party or my lecture event, <laughs> right? But we have competing things. And so that friend needed to say, hey, I'm sorry you couldn't make it to my wedding. What was going on for you? Versus I'm mad at you, your crappy friend. Well, wait a minute. You didn't even ask what was going on. And I had something important going on that I would have loved to have gotten a text of congratulations from you. Your priority is not more important than mine. And so I sent a gift and I said, congratulations on your wedding. And I expected a, how did the book party go? Send me some photos because both of us are important. Because remember, no one's feelings or needs are more legitimate than anyone else's. Not an adult's over a child's. Children's needs are just as important and their feelings are, even though we really abuse children and don't think that they have a right to feelings and needs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Trying to drop a lot of gems in one quick segment. But everyone's needs are as legitimate, everyone's feelings. Just because your partner is more dramatic and crying and screaming doesn't mean that whatever you need or whatever you feel isn't as important. <laughs> it always is. And you have a right to advocate for that. I hear you. 
I'm sorry that that's going on. And now I'd like to share with you what's going off me and how I feel. And I have to do a lot of that in couples work, regardless of who feels like they're the injured party, both people's feelings are as legitimate as the others. No, there's no situation in which a, a person's feelings and thoughts no longer matter. It doesn't work like that with adults. That's childlike behavior, you know, where we're always thinking as adults in terms of mutual beneficial responses and considering how we impact others. It's called empathy. And that's really lacking in our culture where we tend to just think about ourselves and how we feel. And that also comes up when we talk about the fact that intent and impact both matter. That it doesn't matter if you had good intentions, if you harmed someone, you still understand that someone was harmed and you care about that and you take accountability and try to fix it. And so there's a lot wrapped up in, into what I just said, but it's basically saying when we're feeling disconnected before we blame and point the finger, get angry, we find out what might be going on. We find out what this other person might need. We check in and that's a really good regulatory skill as well. We, before we decide the reality, before we decide what happened, we check in with the person and say, why were you not able to attend my party? It hurt my feelings. And if they give us a good, reasonable answer, we update our feelings and we say, wow, better, good to know that. You know, I'm going to work on updating my understanding. Um, okay. So we're talking about ways to manage disconnection. Like I said, we're not blaming, we're not getting angry. Um, we're finding out what might be going on for the person because maybe it is something we did or we said, and we have to be open to hearing that. Or maybe they say to us, well, yeah, here's why. Last time we hung out, this is what happened. Last time we were on the phone, this is what you said. And we have to be open to hearing that. We always need to be open to hearing that, but especially for reaching out to someone to say, I feel disconnected and distant from you. How can we be closer again? Because that's an important attribute of being a healthy adult is open <laughs> to receiving some requests to be different or a request for us to take some accountability for something. And it's hard to hear but we don't want to get defensive because again, how we respond determines whether or not someone feels safe coming back. And sometimes we're not safe and we're not approachable. And that's why people drift because they realize, well, I can't really share with this person, you know, when they're, when they've upset me or whatever else is going on. And so we go where we feel better and safer. Um, all right, we're going to come back, keep talking about this. If you got some questions for us, drop them in the DMS on our Loveline IG page, or if there's a topic you want us to hit something you want us to circle back or drop deeper into, put it on there as well. And past episodes of the show, you can check out over at wearechannelq.com. scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge post, re-listen and share stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. All right. We're back talking about how to reconnect when we're feeling disconnected. And we're saying that, you know, it's an expected stage for most relationships of all different kinds. We shouldn't panic. We absolutely shouldn't get angry and attack, but we should lovingly make requests and share with someone that we're missing them. And we should absolutely find a way to prioritize and make time. Um, sometimes people are also unaware of themselves. And so it's important for them to get loving reminders like, hey, I miss you, or I miss talking to you, or I miss how close we used to be. Can we be closer? Can we spend more time together? Make requests. Uh, if nothing else, take that away from tonight's show because sometimes people aren't aware of how much time has gone by or they've gotten distracted and they're thankful that you reminded them or you know they're happy to hear that and that'll motivate them. Uh, taking another stance won't. <laughs> and that's where we get in our own ways. And that's where we block the solutions that we're seeking. You know, we attack, we criticize, we name call. And it's like, well, wait a second. I thought you were telling this person you miss them, but look at your behavior. What about that is desirable to bring back into their life? 
um, nothing. And that might be the exact problem as to why they drifted right there. Your attempts to reconnect are just a recreation of the reasons why you aren't close and connected. Uh, so we got to be more aware of ourselves. Um, but again, we're trying to figure out what that's about. We're asking questions. We're making requests. Um, <clears throat> and I think in those times also when people come to us, we want to be transparent enough to let them know maybe what that might've been about, because sometimes there's a true issue. And so we do want to be willing to step into that very vulnerable, difficult moment of saying, well, here's what's going on for me. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't feel like we have a lot in common anymore, or I'm not necessarily feeling like I fit in with you and your new friends, or maybe I've gotten sober and I'm not really interested in, you know, hanging out in bars and clubs and drinking. And that's when you have to say something like, can we spend some non-alcoholic time together? Can we spend some time together during the day? I know, you know, there's a powerful time in my life when I stopped drinking and I realized that for some friends, we weren't really going to be spending much time together anymore because for them, their social lives really centered around alcohol use and bars and clubs and stuff like that. And that's something I no longer have any interest in really in any capacity. You know, I did that from an early age and I'm trying to participate in the rest of the world. And also I like to go to bed early and I get up early. I'm a daytime morning person. And so certain people in my life reached out saying, Hey, we miss you now that you're not out doing all these events and parties and night, you know, whatever. And, um, and I said the same thing and, I was like, let's, can we go hiking in the morning? Can we go to the beach in the afternoon? Can we do earlier dinners? Can we do things that don't involve drinking? Can we have game nights and movies and go see art? All the phenomenal things that exist in the world. And some people, the answer essentially might be no, that for whatever reason, their schedule doesn't allow for that, or that's not fun to them. Because for some people, maybe if we're talking about the alcohol topic, they really want alcohol always there because for them, that's part of fun or whatever it is. And you realize there isn't space for each other. But at least give the person an opportunity and vice versa to talk that out. Some people will surprise you and say, yes, let's make sure we're doing those dinners and going to those movies. And like I said, other people, maybe not so much. Because you want to give space for someone to share with you what might be wrong or what the obstacle might be. And it might always, well, not, not might always, it might sometimes be hard to hear. <laughs> um, someone implying you're drinking too much or someone implying that you're showing up very self-focus or self-obsessed and they're tired of hearing about the breakup or they're tired of hearing about all the ongoing issues in your relationship. And we have to really sometimes pause and say, maybe I am being a little too self-obsessed. Maybe I'm not holding space for what's going on in other people's lives. Um, maybe I'm just not being a good friend and I should thank them for caring enough to tell me that. We, we can't take everything offensively because then there's no movement forward. And sometimes there's no reason and sometimes there is a big reason and we have to be open to that. That's part of a healthy relationship is feedback and um, adjustment. Another one that I have to make sure I talk about, so I, I wrote a little note and put a star next to it, is sometimes it's about the electronic use. There is a growing epidemic of people that don't know how to not be on their phones when they're with people. And that's a turnoff for people that truly want presence and intimacy. And I've, I've spent shows talking exclusively about this. So again, we'll do another crash course. Uh, when you're with people, put your phone away, put it on silent and put it away. 
leave it in the car. Stack all phones at the end of a table so they are away. And it takes a lot for someone to get their phone and a little bit of social shame won't hurt. But stay off your phone when you're with people. It is rude and it says that whatever's on your IG is more important than them. And understandably, people shouldn't want to spend time with you if every time you're with them, you're sitting there swiping. Put your phone away. Help your friends lovingly acknowledge that. It's okay to say to your friends, listen guys, we're going to go out tonight and we're going to all commit to staying off our phones. Yes? I think everyone's going to be on that same page, but you have to be open to hearing that. Hey, you often spend your time swiping. It'd be great if you could be with us when you're with us. The answer should always be, got it, yes. Because we all have that friend or more, or maybe it's us, who when we're hanging out wherever we are, we're on our freaking phones. Put your phone away. (laughs) It is rarely, rarely, truly something that you need to be connected to. I advocate for everyone to make that request. I've said this on the show before, I'll say it again, I will not be having a conversation with someone if they pick up or on their phone. You cannot multitask. We've already talked about how neurologically that is not possible and you can't split your focus like that and it's rude. So if someone picks up their phone or is on their phone, I always say, I'll wait. And if they're like, no, no, I can hear you, I say, I'll wait. I want your full undivided attention. I'm a person. That email can be sent in 10 minutes. That text can be responded to later. (laughs) You can swipe your IG later. I want us to normalize that. I don't want us to feel secondary to a text, an email, a phone call, or an Instagram post. So just say, I'll wait. (laughs) And then you lovingly wait. And then later you say, hey, when we're together, I'd like us to be together. Can you put your phone away? I want us to normalize that. There's no phones when we're together. We shouldn't even have them in sight. Unless you're waiting for an emergency, shouldn't be in sight. Hardline rule. So that's a big piece of this. Because if you're not going to be present, then people don't necessarily want to spend time. All right, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more. So uh, assess yourself before we assess others. DMs, always open. Loveline IG page, that's where you put your questions and topics. Otherwise, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back. Talking about ways to uh, deal with disconnection. Sometimes that involves reconnection. But sometimes it also means mourning the loss of a relationship that you thought you were going to have, wanted to keep having, but maybe no longer do. And that we have to hold space for that possibility. We can't always reconnect or have that friend in our life or be as close as we were for a multitude of factors. So sometimes, yes, we have to let go. Sometimes we have to move on without. And uh, we have to mourn and grieve the loss of that relationship because maybe the damage is too too deep, too problematic, where that person's just not available, or we've really just drifted and become very different people. Not every relationship is meant to be forever. And again, the success or health of a relationship is not determined by the length of time it exists. That is a f- problematic way to assess the value of something. Just because a relationship doesn't exist anymore, it doesn't mean it doesn't have meaning still or didn't, and it doesn't mean it was a failure. Failure is not about the length of time something exists in our lives. Jobs aren't meant to be forever. Relationships aren't meant to be forever. Um, A lot of things aren't, but that doesn't mean that was a failure. It meant it went as far as it could or should. In fact, it's healthy to leave things when they're no longer right for us. It's healthy to leave things when they're no longer working for us. And it's healthy to leave things when they're no longer fun for us. Yeah, fun. You're allowed to say, I want to center fun, joy, and pleasure and mental health. And if a relationship just isn't fun anymore or a job or a hobby or anything else we're participating in, it's okay to say my mental health matters. I want to have purpose and meaning in all the things that are present in my life. 
And if it isn't right for me, it's not right for my mental health or I'm not enjoying it, it's okay for me to exit from it. Oh yeah, we shouldn't be bound to things that aren't right for us. There's no valor or mental health in that at all. Um, and so I wanna call that out. It's okay for things to drift and to change. Sometimes the problem is the inverse, that we hold on too long and things start to harm us or aren't right for us, or we hold on to relationships that block the space for someone else to enter. Don't do that. I know people stay in relationships of friendships and, and romantic and whatnot, maybe sometimes longer than they should, and that blocks the space for someone new or better to enter. It also prevents us from feeling some of that loneliness or that desire that motivates us to go out and reconnect with others. We need to sometimes have that space and that loneliness to be motivated to create that with someone else. Um, also, don't forget that part of reconnecting might be touch. Sometimes we are still physically spending time together because we live together or we're roommates. And again, don't confuse proximity with intimacy. Just because your body is in proximity to mine because you're on the couch over there sitting next to me in the car or our rooms are separated only by a wall, that does not mean we're connected and that does not mean we have intimacy. And so sometimes it's about going deeper, asking more questions asking follow-up questions. Sometimes that's a problem. We stop asking questions and we stop being curious about each other. And that keeps everything superficial and maybe even boring. So if you're feeling like the relationship is disconnected because it's boring or superficial, try adding some depth. Tell me about your day. And if like my day was fine, say, tell me what you did. Tell me anything you thought today. Tell me how you felt. Ask questions, engage, be more present. Because sometimes again, the person is physically there, but we're not building depth. So check in on that. Sometimes that's the problem. We've just gotten too comfortable, too familiar, and we've lost that curiosity about who they are, what they're thinking, because even if you've quote unquote done nothing today, you still have lived an entire day. You've felt things, you've thought things, you've worried about things, you've hoped for things, you smiled about things, you laughed about things, share. Because that's when things stop. Or we need to add the physical. We need to start reaching for each other. Because sometimes, again, we have some of that conversational depth, the emotional and the psychological, but we miss the physical. It's the physical that feels disconnected. So I'm gonna start sitting closer again. I'm gonna start holding your hand. I'm gonna start leaning up against you. I'm gonna start cuddling you. I'm gonna start massaging you. I'm gonna start initiating sexuality with you because I want that other entry point to connection because maybe it's physical loneliness or it's emotional loneliness. And that's where we go back to asking those deeper questions and really sharing ourselves. Sometimes we stop sharing. So ask yourself that, is it social loneliness? Is it physical loneliness? Or is it emotional and psychological loneliness? Those will each take you in a different direction because they are different needs. Sometimes one person hits all of those boxes and sometimes those boxes are three different people. Or maybe we're feeling like we need something outside of our primary relationship and we need some emotional or social intimacy with other people. Great, go lean on friends or vice versa. So sometimes we have to identify what, what kind of disconnection or loneliness is it that I'm truly experiencing to understand what direction we need to go. Make sense? It's a lot to apply, but it's simple stuff if you understand what you're doing. And it's worth it, you know? If someone or a relationship is meaningful, be willing to put in the work. It's vulnerable, you know? But we need to normalize more vulnerability, I believe. Um, 
All right, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, or maybe there's a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, always confidential, always anonymous, helping others as you're helping yourself, because someone else might be wondering the same thing. And if you want to check out past episodes of the show, go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share, because it's all about the repetition. We got to unlearn and relearn and get out there and practice. All right, Moyle, more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we'll be right back. Lots more to come. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Wow, this one's a long one. Okay, it says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating a 45-year-old man. At first, he seemed like my dream man. I met him via my best guy friend who has known him for 10 years. He gave me keys to his place within the first month and asked me to move in, but I held off for six months. Good, because within the first month, we don't even know this person. It's still fantasy. It's still projection. They're still leading from their best. And until conflict and difficulty and other milestones occur, we don't really get to see their mental health and our health as a couple and how we problem solve and deal with conflict. And we need that to happen. We shouldn't be relationshiping. We should be dating to see if we want a relationship. And dating means casual, slow, and other people at times. Back to your question. Moved in with him in January and it was going fine. My question is regarding our sex life. We get along great. We are both very attracted to each other, but he said because he's 45, he doesn't have the sex drive and I'm a 25 year old and want sex every day. Is this a true thing? Let's stop there for one second. Yes and no. People sometimes go, well, I'm 45, so I stop. Just tell us what your sex drive is and stop to, stop applying it to your age because it isn't necessarily true that as we get older, our sex drive decreases 
at all. Again, as I've said multiple times, I think this week, and we'll continue to say, as we get older, our sexual prime is what we move into. We're more confident, we're more open, we're more aware of ourselves. Our genital prime, which is when our genitals operate at the best, especially in service of procreation, is when we're younger. But most people aren't trying to have sex to have a baby. It's for fun, pleasure, entertainment, work, whatever it is. So as we grow, so does our sexual confidence, aka our sexual prime. So this is ridiculous because this person could still provide sexuality and joy to you even when not interested in sex. So for instance, let's say you want sex every day and he wants sex once a week. Great. He'll be happy with that once a week, but the other days he can pleasure you. His hands work, his mouth works, and you might be like, but I don't have the sex drive for it. Cool. Just like I would ask you to help me carry in a heavy box that you might not be interested in, but you'd be willing to exert some energy for that. Just like you might not love doing the dishes, but if I pre prepare a meal, you would. I'd also want you to use your hand, mouth, and energy in service of other things that are important to me. Again, in a loving, healthy relationship, we put ourselves out in service of what someone else, our partner, wants. Just like we'll see a horror movie that we might not love for a partner, just like we might take our body and go sit upright for a few hours watching a football game that we don't like because our partner does, or go see a concert we don't like, but we give it two hours of our time and we're standing on our feet. Yeah, I want you to open your mouth and use your hand and give a little sex to your partner because you love them, even if you're not in the mood. Your sex drive isn't relevant. We can still participate in sex and hope that interest arises or not even, but we do it for our partner. So again, say that if you're like, Hey, I'd love to have sex. And he's like, I'm not in the mood. Say, great. Would you be interested in still pleasuring me? <laughs> like your hands work, your mouth works. You don't have to be in the mood. We're in a safe, committed, healthy relationship. We can do sex anyway. And that's what I, that's what we do when you have a lower desire and your partner's a higher desire. We find ways to still participate. And often our desire shows up afterwards. So again, you can, you know, so many ways for you to do that. I'm not going to itemize all the different ways, but I would still push on that edge and say, I'd love for you to still be a part of my sex life, even when you're not in the mood, just like you might go have dinner with me when you're not in the mood, just like if I want to go shopping, you're not in the mood, you might still keep me company, which requires far more time and energy walking around target for an hour. Sex could maybe be 15 minutes and you can be laying down the whole time you're using your hands or your mouth or whatever else we're doing. So yeah, let's, let's do a little better. You know what I mean? When we're asking for sex from our partner, we're asking for closeness, we're asking for intimacy, we're asking for bonding, we're asking for pleasure, we're asking for joy. Let's let's be a little more giving and a little more selfless. We do it all the time. This is no different. Let's stop being dramatic. You know what I mean? Um, all right, we're gonna finish part two of that DM tomorrow. I wanted to spend a lot of time hitting that point, but there's a little bit more to it. So tomorrow join us and we'll finish that one out. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Questions, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Got to get that repetition going because we got a lot to unlearn and then we got to relearn some better and more healthier perspectives. So I uh, drop the bar for yourselves and those around you. We're doing 70% max, more love and care, flood people with that compassion. Um, as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. You enjoy the rest of your night. See you tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.